Hello and welcome to Identity, The Hidden Layers of You. Joining us in the studio today, we have Ashley Bishop, Owen Pritchard, Alex Ironman, and Audrey Robinson. Today, we will dive into the intriguing topics of identity, privilege, freedom, economic status, and family influence. Before we start, we would like to remind everybody that the opinions shared in this podcast were those of a small group of people, and we are aware of the fact that they may not reflect the opinions of everybody. That started with our first segment, Privilege or Wasted Opportunity, with Ashley and Audrey. Now, when you hear the word privilege, you generally think of something good, right? But what if one person's privilege was seen by another as a wasted opportunity or not good enough? It all depends on your single story of it. But Ashley, what is a single story? I'm so glad you asked, Audrey. A single story is an incomplete or unfinished idea or story. This view often creates a stereotype. One example of this topic is the topic of stay-at-home moms. Now, the job description, stay-at-home mom, doesn't sound or give off the impression as something that is impressive and can be viewed by working moms as a wasted opportunity. Women fought, and still do, so hard for equality in the workplace. And to some, staying at home is wasting a hard-won opportunity. But others view it as a great privilege to be able to stay home and support their families. For example, one interviewee, a 42-year-old stay-at-home mom, is proud to be able to support her kids, but experiences women who work with her husband looking down on her for not working also. These women are very accomplished in the workplace and should be proud of that fact, but that doesn't mean that they should look down on others because they chose to stay at home. I completely agree. My interviewee, a 49-year-old stay-at-home mom, feels as though people don't see all the hard and consistent work she does around the house. This topic wasn't mentioned so much in her interview, but as we delved into her identity, we figured out that being a stay-at-home mom was a huge portion of her identity. We were just talking, and she states, when just meeting someone, and they ask what job I have, and I respond with a stay-at-home mom, the conversation slowly trickles to a halt. People don't really know what to say, and frankly, they are not as interested or intrigued as they might be if I had a more exciting profession. I have a PhD and two master degrees, but I am a stay-at-home mom, and I absolutely do consider myself a professional. I run a tight ship, juggling multiple disparate demands. I am on 24-7. I never get paid time off or vacation or sick days. I am solely responsible for the life and times of five children and my husband, and myself. She says that none of the particular tasks she does is in itself difficult, but that the job is absolutely constant. It is a grind and takes a lot of mental strength and personal conviction to do it well. I pride myself in doing quality work, doing the best job I possibly can, and it never ends. There is no off-duty. Even though she spends day after day doing endless work, she describes it as invisible and states, the tasks I do are not very newsworthy, although they are important. I would also like to make my own commentary on this topic. I believe women fought long and hard for equality in the workplace, but I think they mainly fought for a choice, a choice whether or not to stay home or to work outside of the home. 
So true, Audrey, and very well put by your interviewee. I hope people listening to this can start to break down their single story about stay-at-home moms if they had one, and that stay-at-home moms will start to experience less prejudice by others. Why don't we take a short break and then head over to Alex and Owen with Freedom of Identity and Family Influence. My interviewee, who is an American male at the age of 42, responded a lot like Emma, an American female. They mutually said that their parents didn't force them to be something that they weren't, but instead let them explore their identity and discover who they were for themselves. In Emma's case, she was allowed to find her own religion and was never coerced into a belief. Aaron stated that he was allowed to roam and had space and time to determine some aspects of his identity. His parents trusted him to make the right decisions, which doesn't mean they weren't parenting him. It means they were allowing him to become his own person and not who they wanted him to be. Emma was permitted to also find that what she believed and felt was true pertaining to religion. Their freedom of identity wasn't the only influence that their family had on them. Their parents helped develop their morals and their values, shaping who they are now. Without their parents, and the way that they were raised, they would not be the people that they were today. Since this is such a large topic, why don't we continue on to the discussion with the whole group about economic status and see how these three themes all relate to each other. Now I've noticed throughout the interviews, economic status played a role in all of the interviews interviewees lives whether it gained them privilege or freedom or influenced their identity what do you guys think about this great question owen i think that for a lot of them their middle class lifestyles allowed them to become more influenced by their family because their parents worked hard in order to provide for them their hard work and dedication inspired their children to work hard as well and aim higher with their goals shaping a part of their identity to create the hard-working people that we interviewed i really like how you said that ashley some evidence that economic status plays a role in a family is that when interviewing my interviewee, he stated that he was very privileged because his parents were upper middle class. He said that without his parents working as hard as they did, he wouldn't have gone to Stevenson High School and he wouldn't have been as successful as he is today. He said that he's mo he models after his parents and that their example of a hardworking middle class lifestyle inspired him and shaped him into a more dedicated worker. Well guys, while I agree that economic status does play a big part in family influence, economic status is not the only factor in family influence or freedom of identity. My interviewee, Cheryl, has been working as a realtor for years now and is now successful and is placed in the middle class. But it was not always like that. When Cheryl was born, she was placed in the working class family. She started working in high school, cleaning offices, and spending late nights working at Safeway. Cheryl's family did not have enough money to pay for college, so she ended up going to community college. That being said, her parents still had a very big influence in her life and in her identity. Thank you guys for your very thoughtful answers. To summarize this topic, we all agree that economic status plays a big role in one's identity and the influence that their identity that their family had on them, but it is not the only influencer. I also believe that because of their economic status and the fact that most of them 
did not need to worry about things like when their where their next meal was coming from. Um, they were free to find their own identity and be who they were, not who their family needed them to be. We have had such wonderful conversations about identity and the things that impact it. Before you go, we have a few parting notes for you to ponder. Who are you as a person and what makes up your identity? Do you think your family influenced you in certain impactful ways? How does your family's economic status affect your life today? Remember, before you judge someone or are quick to assume something about their life, Consider the possibility that you are trapped by a single story and you don't know the whole truth about their lives or identity. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Identity, the Hidden Layers of You.